Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. This is the sixth one of the season and the first one from a domestic away game, Villa Park. We're going to join Steve Armstrong and the lads of the Monkey Bus. They're in a pub in Wednesbury near Birmingham and have spent a lot of time getting there because of problems on the M6. We're in a pub near, is it, are we in Wednesbury? We're in Wednesbury, which is something like 15 miles from Birmingham. It's been a bit of a torturous journey down. With us, we've got Steve Black uh, from United We Stand. We've got Rick McGarr, who's uh, Monkey Bus head honcho. And then we've got Neil and Matty Mullen. Um, we're on our way to Villa Park for the first away game of the season. Uh, as we know, it's been uh, hard work today. Uh, the M6 has been shut. We've had a couple of bus dramas. Um, it's just been generally uh, pretty tough. So, uh, But we're in the pub. Um, we're having a pint. We're having a good laugh. And we're ready for the first away game of the season. So I'm going to... Steve Black... Uh, is this our 25th year? It seems after today like it's our 125th year. But um, yeah, I guess it is probably, isn't it? Quite close to being. Well, it was 1991, wasn't it? And we started with, it was Villa away that night where you decided, or Andy decided, that we were going to go at 5.15 from Manchester for the 7.30 kickoff, And we also broke down on the way. So Yeah, it will have been Andy's decision that it was all it was all based very early on and United We Stand Red issue and being a joint coach and whether people would finish work, people wouldn't take time off. I think we were out of the culture by that time of no Europeans for so long that um, even though we'd obviously had that, you know, the European Cup run of uh, that ended up in Rotterdam, um, people weren't used to taking half a day off just to go to the domestic away which was probably, you know, able to get to in an hour and a half. Whereas now we just, um, we've got in the culture now of taking full days off for, you know, Stoke away. We, we've left today at 1.15pm for the game that kicks off at quarter to eight this evening. Yeah, I mean, I know we've started late. We did consider going at 8.15 in the morning or even nine o'clock, but people decided that with Bruges coming up, we probably only needed half a day. So... Was it smooth in terms of booking the bus? Did everything go to plan? Obviously, first away of the season, you know, you've had the whole summer to plan it and think about it. Yeah, it was perfect planning. About three weeks ago, in the sunshine, I'd phoned up, given the fixtures, when the fixtures and the TVs came out, switched Villa to the Friday, gave away the times. Everything everything was, was absolutely hunky-dory until about, um, until about 9 a.m. this morning when, when I realised things weren't going quite to plan and uh, there'd been an accident and a bus was on its way up and well it just turned into the fact that we we could either get a bus a minibus and a couple of cars or one decent sized bus if you are under four foot six tall and very anorexic uh, which meant instead of the four seats across we now had five seats across which was nice because it was quite cosy we could have done with the toilet but because you know all coaches to football are non-drinking it probably wasn't such a big issue. So, here we are, 25 years into planning and all this kind of stuff, um, and yet we're still having all the kind of dramas that you have on every away trip. Um, you and Rick have been running this coach for a long period of time. Rick, um, why do you bother? Because it must be hard work and stressful on your one or two days off of the week. It's a very good question, and today is a real struggle to think why. Um, now, all joking aside, it's you know it's just a great community on the bus. Everyone, everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone has a good time, and um, we just get on with it. And 
luckily today's events are um, unusual, don't happen too often, um, but even today everyone's just you know, had a good time. We're in the pub now, we'll get to the game and on the way home, hopefully, we'll, yeah, maybe, maybe we won't make kickoff, but you know, we'll get to the game and hopefully on the way home when we've got three points, people will soon forget about it. In the 10 years that you've been stewarding it and Steve, the 25 years that you've been sort of attempting to organise it and overbooking, um, has the culture of match day away travel changed? Because obviously, Football is heavily regulated. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of frowned upon as supporters, but you know, since in the sort of Sky era, you know, the, the sort of violence and everything else that goes on at games has disappeared, and it's obviously a much more sanitised environment. But yet, all of the regulations of running coaches and all of the stuff involving the police and everything else that seems to still stand. Is that is that something that you you know, have you seen any changes in that over the last couple of years or not? It's difficult because the regulations are there, but I think when when you've got a a coach that's been running for a long period of time with a you know a set of set of lads, set of passengers who go on it every every week or the vast majority do, and you behave yourselves, you know you work within what you're allowed to do, then to a certain extent you're allowed to get on with things and have a good time. And if you you know if you don't act up, then it, it's fine. So. Yeah, I don't think it's too, you know, it's too big a problem for us at the minute. But I think a lot of that is because of the way um, the lads that come with us, um, you know, behave. I think the culture of our match-going football fan hasn't changed that much. I think we've had to, we've had to adapt to the changes, but I don't think we've evolved that much. I think that a match-going fan is the same person as all those years ago. I mean, obviously, you're young. A lot of you are younger than me. So quite, you've come quite a bit younger. Yeah. But that match going culture and that match going fan hasn't changed that much. So we've just had to adapt to what's thrown at us and I think we've done that pretty well. But what hasn't changed is the fact that Manchester United are the centre of what we do in all our lives. And that is when you do home and away, that is never changed. What has changed perhaps, you know, as young people have come through. But the community spirit that we've got, the fact that, you know, we love um, we look forward to meeting each other and you've got a group of mates going to the match not just people who have just you know got one common interest but actually become mates and I think that is a wonderful thing because it's a small community that we've got on our on our you know what we call now the monkey bus but our community is very close it's very close knit we'd do anything for each other and so hiccups like today which to be fair over 19 20 games a season aren't that regular but Nobody minds, and we just get on with it, don't we? Yeah, we've got Neil and uh, Matty Mullen uh, on the bus. Uh, they've been regular uh, away goers with United for ages. Like the bus was late, uh, it's taken an absolute eternity to get here today. Uh, are you asked? No, it's another um, <clears throat> another one to tick off. We, we've had plenty of stories. We've we've broke down plenty of time. Reminded me of Chelsea breaking down on the way home in was it 2007. Yeah, broke down at May. My like my phone alarm to actually get me up for work the next day went off while we were still sat on the bus but um but no it's great my my first trip on the monkey bus was Watford away in the year 2000 and I thought I would I'd have been not long 17. That was another bus that was late with no toilet on if I remember rightly. Yeah you're right well yeah I think buckets we are lad and uh, yeah I think everyone seemed to be well refreshed but um I think it was the buckets all around but no it's it's, it's great it's um, 
We're uh, on the way to a very successful away ground for Manchester United. Um, if memory serves, we haven't lost since the famous Alan Hansen game where we didn't win anything with kids apart from the double. Um, and since then, I think we've lost one League Cup game. Um, but in the league, I don't think we've lost since 1995-1996 season. Uh, Neil Mullen, why do you think Villa Park is such a successful ground for Manchester United? Well, I love Villa Park. Um, I, one of the few games I've missed in the last 15 years was Villa Park and the legendary semi-final. Uh, the gigs of goal and all that. It's... It's one of my favourite grounds ever, but... Um, but it's not far enough away, is it, really? It's not, no, no. The, the further away, the better. Uh, Yeovil, Cambridge, they're the sort of trips we want. Well, we did, well, we're playing on a Friday night tonight, and we, we had Cambridge, you know, uh, Friday night last season in the FA Cup. What's your thoughts on Friday night football? The way forward. I play every game on a Friday night. I, uh, I think... Um, if it's uh, if it's at home, you get the chance to get back to your local. Uh, if it's away, then you don't have to worry about getting up on a Saturday morning, and you've got the weekend to yourself if you need to appease a missus or anything like that. Neil, I've been in your local, which is in Blakely, and no matter what time you get back, there's never normally a problem with what time you get back to get in there, and you've never ever go up before midday on any morning ever. So I don't think that washes. Both is that both of that is true, but. Um, but it's still, it's still the way forward. Still, the further away you can go, you still get to take Friday off. And uh, yeah, I, I play every game on a Friday. Obviously, the traffic on a Friday makes the coach trip that extra bit longer for away games. Which I think, I think we're all in agreement is a good thing. Yeah. It's been, it's been pretty good that today we've managed to make a what should have been a ninety-minute coach journey about four and a half hours. So it's been, it's got that Norwich feel about it, hasn't it? And we're not even been, there. Yet. We're not even there. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Last goal's five hours today. Yeah. Are coaches without toilets on the way forward? Do, do I need to rethink this one? I won't go that far. No. <laughs> um. Villa Park, as we know, has been very successful for us. I mean, we've had some great times there from uh, when playing Aston Villa. What are your sort of best memories from playing Villa at Villa Park? I mean, obviously, when you think of Villa Park straight away, you, you tend to think of the sort of semi-finals. But against Villa, I think for me, the stand, one of the standout memories has got to be Scholes' volley. Um, I was I was level with him because we're obviously on the side by then, weren't we? And um, when we had the corner, I was screaming. I can't remember who took the corner. I was screaming to give it in because he was in acres of space, and of course he put it in as a normal corner. So absolutely hammering the corner taker, and then it gets headed out, and he just just smashed it. Didn't he? And to me, that just summed up skulls. The technique of that was just out of this world, and as far as a great moment in the game. I think for me. It probably, probably isn't a Villa moment. It was the 2004 semi-finalist, semi-final against Arsenal. When it, it was one of them rare occasions when you went to the game not expecting to win. And I think United fans are at the best when we're underdogs. And that day against Arsenal's so-called Invincibles, we were in the atmosphere that day. It's one of the loudest I've known United. Certainly in a... a a semi-final slash final it's probably the loudest I've ever known us and, and Scalzi again that day getting the winner but that that for me is my favourite Villa Park moment the whole day the, the, the crowd the performance the result it, it felt like the final we knew Millwall was waiting so that was the final for me that day and but yeah that was an incredible day I would say uh, having missed that semi-final which is one of the big regrets of my life uh, having to work at the time I'd go with the one that, uh, uh, that Rick said about Scalzi but I don't have too many um, 
the late Vidic goal and and seeing it as a ground that the the first time I'd ever seen Steve Armstrong on the floor after 36 hours on the bear. <laughs> um, my wife might hear this, Neil. <laughs> thanks for that. I'd say um, it was last season and. Steve was virtually staggering to the turn. Right, can we cut this here? <laughs> Just get on with your fucking favourite sure, memory from the ground. <laughs> yeah, Vidic is like, oh. <laughs> thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks. Come on, Pike, I mean, if, if you work out how many times, I mean, I've, I've gone to Villa Park over the years, because I've been doing it a ways now for, God, since the 70s. It's like, so I've probably been to Villa Park more times than the majority of the Villa fans will be, will be there tonight, <laughs> to be fair. So there's many stand out. You know, we used to get those singing seats underneath, um, opposite the, the the big stand. But for me, that cup game when they played it on that Sunday night was the funniest thing ever. It was the most drunken support I've ever been in in my entire life. It was hilarious. I think we were losing, but I can't even remember. And then what, the next minute, everyone was on the pitch, and it was just so funny. Who decided to play that at 7:30 on a Sunday night or whatever it was? I don't well, that was the fame. That was the night that I kind of, um, I, you know, I mean, obviously invading the pitch is illegal. And uh, as I found out to my cost that evening, that was the night where uh, on the first pitch invasion when Ruud van Nistelrooy, when he equalised, um, I lost, I lost a shoe. <laughs> and then when we went three two up, which basically won the game, I found a trainer. So I ended up getting back into this to my seat with a shoe and a trainer on. And then I got lifted um, for running on the pitch, which is obviously offensive. So I'm sat, I'm sat, uh, I'm sat in front of the custody sergeant with a with a shoe and a trainer on, trying to pretend that I wasn't an absolute knobhead, you know. Uh, but yeah, that that night, yeah, I think it was nine thousand supporters. Everybody was wasted. It was a seven pm kickoff, but that was everything that epitomises going to an away game. Yeah, I mean that night was just unreal. I mean, might surprise a few people to hear what that. I actually went to university and that was uh, not long after I started at uni in Birmingham so far. I'd have a quiet trip to a uh, to an away match just down the road and as you say it was just absolute carnage from start to start to finish and yeah heading back towards uh, the centre of Birmingham after that night was uh, was fun to say the least. Um, Saturday against Tottenham we got a win but it wasn't particularly great from a performance point of view. Typical first day of the season. Um, first away, I think, is always pretty crucial. So, Neil, what are you expecting and what are your hopes for Manchester United this evening? I think um, there's going to be a late winner. Um, it'll be a good end. It'll be a good drunken end. And I think 2-0 uh, win and a good journey on. I think the, uh, the philosophy is to, to pour the tears off everybody for an hour and then hopefully nick a goal sooner or later. I think we control games fantastically well, but we're not scoring goals, and I don't know. I think we might control the game, lose a goal, try and get one back. You mentioned the um, philosophy um, that is getting lots of airtime. Um, seems that a lot of United fans are starting to get a bit wound up by the philosophy. Are you sensing that yourself? I think that we all know what's missing, and I know and I respect the manager in terms of he wants to only bring in the right players, but we need a centre-forward and we need a centre-half and we've got loads of midfielders and we're buying more and we can control the game all we want. We've got someone to sc- you've got to stop someone scoring and you've got to actually score a goal yourself. We, I mean, we need a centre-forward, we need a centre-half, we need a toilet on the coach, but um, you know, none of them are happening or a goalie that actually wants to play. For if us. I gave you the opportunity to, to give you all of them things now, what order would you put them in? 
tile on the coach very, <laughs> very much first. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, Saturday wasn't great. It was first game of the season. They're quite often games like that. I mean, the worrying thing for me tonight is you're going into a game where I'm actually worried about their centre-forward, who's a big lump of a centre-forward, Jess Stady, or whatever however you pronounce his name, against Daley like Blint that. at centre-half, because he's not a centre-half. Um, but I think, you know, I think we'll come through it fine. I think, you know, maybe a 2-1 two, one, two, one win, something like that. The, the centre-half, a lot's made of United needing a centre-half. and I think we could do one, but for me, a striker's a lot more pressing issue. And that's, that's where we struggle. If you look at our defensive record... Actually, it's not bad, but we just we don't score enough goals, and we don't look like we've got goals in us. We have got the new Massimo Taibi in goal. Though. There's no way. I thought I, I thought he did all right on Saturday. He did all right, but so did Massimo Taibi in his first game. He was one of the match. By the second, he was okay. By the third, he was vilified, and by the fourth, he never played again. Steve Black there ruining everybody's hope and dreams like he's done for 50 years in his whole life, yeah. Um, we'll have a chat after the game just to see what happens, but a very, very quick score prediction from each player before we go in. Matty? 2-0. 2 2 two. Two I'm not that odd. 2-1, United. 2-1, United. 3-0, even though I think I said 2-0 just before. But yeah, you did. yeah, yeah, you've made that right. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm very conscious that Tim Sherwood is the greatest manager that's ever, ever ever entered the game of football um, apart from John Carver and all, all these other places yeah absolutely all these other people who what do you think Charlie Adam <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I'm going to go for a draw I think it'll be one all tonight um, but uh, we'll have a chat after the game we just come out of the ground uh, Aston Villa nil, Manchester United won uh, great result um, not a great performance but uh, who cares um We've already got uh, significantly more points than we had this time last year, so uh, most people around the away end are buzzing. And there's a lot of shouts of uh, United, United top of the league. Uh, premature, as you know, but hey, uh, it's been a while, so uh, leave them to it and all that. So um, I'm going to just pick up a couple of United fans to see if we can uh, get a bit of opinion after the game. And then we'll uh, be heading on our way home. Uh, it was... Uh, Pretty much a disjointed performance. First half wasn't great. United played a little bit better in the second half. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, there wasn't a lot to report. So I'm going to just pick up on a couple of United fans here. Uh, say, going to have a quick word for the United We Stand podcast. Are you happy with that result? Um, not a great um, performance, but I'm happy with the results. You know, 1-0 away from home. Happy days, happy days. Yeah, well, you take that, will you? Yeah, I'll take it every day of the week, every day of the week. Yeah. Man of the match for United? Uh, Damien. Absolutely fantastic, left back fantastic. Yeah. Woody. Yeah. You've heard a result. I've heard a result. It's a win, six, six, six points out of six. But dire performance, really. First half. Second half was better. Second half was a lot better. Memphis, Memphis got hold of the ball. Matter got hold of the ball more. But first half, woeful. Man in the match for United. Uh, Damien solid as a rock. I don't know where he's come from, but fantastic. Um, do you know that was his own goal, or Janis? I claim it. There's one good thing Yanazai did all night. It's saying Michael Richards put him in the arse, didn't he? <laughs> I forgot he was playing for Villa. Yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember when he was uh, meant to be really, really good for Man City? Yeah, there was a time when he was belted about as the next England captain. Not anymore. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm good, are you? United We Stand podcast. Hello. Say hello. Tell him your name. Hi, I'm Lauren. Now, I was behind you in the ground when someone said... Um, are you going to watch this back on telly after you've recorded it and tell, tell the podcast what you said? Am I fuck? 
Were you happy with the performance? No, it was awful. Why? It was just... You happy with the result? No. No, I'm not. You're not even happy with the result? Well, three points are three points, but it should have been more. How can you get more than three points? No, it should be more, more goals. All right. So you're happy with three points? Obviously, I'm happy with three points. I'm not happy with the performance, though. So, what would you have done different? Everything. For one, I would have started Ashley Young. Easy. Ashley Young should have started. Why? Memphis is the man, apparently. Nah. Well, he's got, he's got, he's got the added advantage of being a bit Dutch. But the difference is. Memphis, you don't take over Ash Young's position. After last season, Ash Young is Ashley Young. Right? Memphis, play him up front if you can. But when Yanazai is starting over Yash Young and Depay, Memphis, is starting in Yash Young's position. Nah. Oh well. Hard to please you, are you? I'm very very hard to please. You're gonna have a good time on the way home. I hope so. Right, go on, you miserable cow. <laughs> Mate! I can't. I can't remember what prediction you gave before the game. 2 now. Did you? Close, yeah. Right. Thoughts? Like too many games, really. I mean, can't complain too much. We won. We looked solid at the back. But final third again, I think it's where our biggest problem is. Thought our captain was the worst player on the pitch again. And we just, we just there's just no pace in the final third. There's no, no conviction. We don't look like we're going to score goals. And I think it'll catch us out more often than not. Why do you think Rooney was the worst player on the pitch? I thought he got shocking service, to be honest. He, he does, but I don't think he gives you anything. He, he, he doesn't run. He's not running behind the defender. He's, he can't hold it up. So if you play it into him, you can't play it behind. He just I don't think he's giving any outlet for us. He, I don't think he looks a goal threat. His positioning, his body language, everything. I just don't. His service isn't great, obviously, but I don't, I don't think he's giving us the runs, the options at all. I just He just doesn't, he doesn't look anywhere close to being the, the level he should be, the level we need. Do you reckon, though, the fact that he's been played out of position for about the last three or four years at United has potentially impacted his ability to be that front man? I don't think so, no. I think I think he's looking a bit... A lot said when he was young that by 28, 29, he, he would be, he'd be over his peak, and that's starting to look how it is. I think he has played out of position a lot, but he's still... He's still played up front in a lot of games to be putting in better performances like that. And this, for me, this season was, was his last chance. I think that excuse will go. I think he'll only play through the middle. And I think he's our biggest, I think he's our biggest concern at the minute. And I think he's the one that we need the biggest improvement from. So, six points out of six, not a goal conceded. Um, do you want to tell the listeners of the United We Stand podcast anything that could perhaps make you happy one day? Straight <laughs> <laughs> now. Lauren Shippy back twice. in here. You got a thing for Ashley Young or something? I love Ashley Young. Do you really? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. You would? Yeah. Fair enough. Would you? Well, uh, you want them to Towards the end of last season, I would have done, yeah. Nice. No, I just think we need more, more pace in the final right. third. That's, that's yeah. more, more conviction Great. going forward. Sound all right. Cheers for that, mate. What's your name, mate? Sean, how are you? Sean, I'm all right, mate. Where are you from, Sean? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent yeah. stuff. Uh, thoughts on tonight? Too slow. I mean, a win is a win, but they're God, just no one's happy. Too slow. I mean, hey, look, a win is a win, and I, I you know, Aston Villa didn't do anything the whole game. The whole I, the fans were just saying, and listen, we there was a terrible match, but um, you know, Memphis got to put that ball away, and it ends the game. But you know, I, I just think they need both times they attack with pace was the goal and the, the chance with Memphis. So I think they need to add that into the lap. You know, it's going to come. It's second game of the season. They got six points. So did you think at any point that United were in trouble in that game? No. Right. Romero could have played that game with a beach beach chair. Yeah. 
Well, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they're not in trouble, you know. And I, you know what I think? Uh, we have to get used to the fact that there's going to be a lot of one nothing games this year, and, and, you know, and 2 nil games. And um, we're not going to score a lot of goals, but we're not going to give up a lot of goals either. Would you take winning 1-0 every week and winning the title over winning, uh, getting beat 4-3 every week? Only thing that counts is trophies. Yeah, that's that the only I... thing that counts. Yeah. I, that's, for me, it is, you know, that's the only thing that counts. you got to win the matches. Right now, you know, they're going to win. They're going to win a lot of games 1-0. You so, reckon? Okay. Yeah. So, well, you have a good trip home. You looking forward to the journey home? Yeah, uh, hopefully it's a little bit better than the journey down yeah. here. That was a disaster. Actually. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say hello, United We Stand podcast. Hello, mate. Hi, mate. You doing all right? Yeah, not bad. How are you, pal? Hi. How are you? You've, not, you've not been on here for a bit, have you? No. What do you reckon to tonight? Uh, you okay. Yeah. 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 Would you have taken that before the game? Yeah. I thought it was gonna be two-one, but I thought two-one as well. Did you put any money on it? No. I did. What two-one? I had quite a bit of cash on two-one, but hey, uh, never mind. Uh, thoughts on the performance, mate? Solid, but a little bit dull. Second half was alright. It was better, it was better. But Herrera, Herrera needs to start. He, he's an exceptional footballer, isn't he? Is, and why he's not playing? He should, to me, he should start. Herrera, Snyder, and one of Carrick's wise Snyder as a midfield three. So, what's your view on? I mean, you're echoing the view of pretty much every United fan I talk to. What do you think is the reason why he ain't starting? No idea. I've heard there's obviously the rumours around what's going on with Valdez and things like that, and the whole Spanish contingent. I don't know how true that is because Matt's is still playing. Yeah. So I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I think he should start because we'll lose him if we don't. Um, six points out of six. Yeah. What do you think United need to do to keep? Uh, I guess either to get better or to keep up at that top end of the table. What's lacking at the minute? Chikorito. Pace, pace, and a striker. Chikorito, exactly. You want Chikorito. An you want Ananda's back in the team, yeah. do you? Sure thoughts that. I think he's got a good point, your lad. Yes, yes. How old are you? Uh, nine. Nine. You should be speaking utter sense at that age. Yes, but we have to remember though that Ananda's comes well from the bench. But when he had the run of the team starting, mm. he, he was proven not to be quite good enough. He was born offside, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. Safe trip back, mate. Rick, how are you? All right, mate. You happy with that or not? Well, I'm happy with three points, but it was shit, though, wasn't it? the way we played is awful, isn't it? Uh, did you not think we were better second half? Every United fan I've spoke to is moaning like fuck about the way United played. We were better when Herrera came on, I think you've got to say that, but there's, there's a lack of pace up front, which is just criminal, because it just allows them to defend a lot higher up the pitch than they should be doing, which then reduces the space for our creative players. So you've got to have somebody up front who can run, and sadly Rooney can't anymore. Why don't you think Herrera's starting? Um. It's bizarre. I mean, since Van Gaal come in, he seems to build up this Spanish contingent, didn't he? And one by one, he just seems to have annoyed him. Valdez, nowhere near. You know, he's gone, hasn't he? De Gea, nowhere near the team. Um, he don't. I'm not sure he really fans his matter that much. Um, a lot of fans do, to be fair. Um, Herrera hardly gets in the team. Would you? No, no. <laughs> not the way he played tonight. Uh, what do you reckon United need to do different when we go to, uh, next away game at Swansea and we've got Newcastle home in a couple of weeks? What would you like to see United change? Just some more pace in the game. and just I think it, it, at times it looks like he's coaching, attacking instincts out of players. They don't seem to want to beat anybody. The first instinct is to turn back and keep the ball, which in certain situations is all right, but you're playing for Manchester United. You've got to go past your fullback. You've got to put some crosses in. Um, I, think, I think today they, they were lucky that Tim Sherwood failed to live up to his own billing as the greatest manager in the world. I mean, you're playing against the keep. You're playing against the keeper who's never. 
Right, we've been we've been we've been hurried back onto the coach. Uh, here comes Steve Black, uh, who's probably spent the last ten or fifteen minutes arguing with away fans. Steve, you alright, mate? Have you been arguing with everyone again? No, just liar. No, I just like to about uh, I was stood with you in the game. You were uh, you were pretty animated about uh, what you were watching. Thoughts? I just think that we need Ronaldo. <laughs> well, that's all it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you mean ours or the fat Brazilian one? I think probably either would be better than what we've got up front <laughs> at the moment. I think no. We just we, what we do really well is we keep the ball. What we don't do is move it quickly enough forward which Herrera and Schweinsteiger changed today and it was a better mm. game when they came on but sometimes you just need players to run at them and I know he's trying to sign mm. Pedro but Depay isn't doing that because he's dropping too deep yeah. and what we need is Ronaldo who while we've done his fancy passing will all of a sudden just put his head down run at players beat them and have a shot and we don't have enough shots on target and we don't move the ball quickly enough in the final third of the pitch some nice players some lovely play but there's just no finish Six points out of six, yeah. though, it's all right. How are you, pass? Not too bad, mate. How yeah. many shots did we actually have? Two. No idea. If you count the, the goal in Dubai, Memphis. From the free kick that went in the top two. Three shots. Do you think this is it for the season, this 1-0 you know, to the Arsenal type of style, or do you reckon United are going to kick in and start to play some of the United way? No, they'll definitely kick in at some time, and there will be a period of like lovely football. But it's whether that's the default or this is the default. Who's signing them? I think as the confidence comes, he'll have to sign some more players. Yeah. He knows that he wants a speedy player. Bale? Gareth Bale? No, he's not a footballer. You're having a laugh, are you? Yeah. Muller? Uh, right, we're going to get on the coach now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to just get on the coach. I'm going to ask Steve about an opinion on three players that have been said by other people. So, uh, are they brilliant or not? Herrera's a brilliant player, should be in the starting line. Rooney, shot or not? Rooney's a great player, he's just not a centre-forward. And Ashley Young, would you? I wouldn't possibly start him in the start him every game, no. That's not what I meant. Uh, Lauren, 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 who's on our coach, has got a massive crush on Ashley Young, so she's in a bit of a state that he didn't play, but never mind. Newcastle away when he was injured and he sat in the crowd and we all tried to stand on his good foot. Uh, God, that's going back so I many. He's come a long way since that, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah. Right, uh, that's it. United have won six points, top of the league. Um, we're getting on our coach now. We're going to head back to Manchester. Uh, it's been a tough day, but at the end of the day, United have got three points, which we'd have taken at the start. And now the best bit starts. The coach home with your mates. Um, we'll have a bit more from the next away game, which I think is at Swansea. Um, and we'll speak to you then. <laughs>